to ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. But without victory there is no survival. Now we are the masters of our faith. Hello, everyone. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA, based in Northern California, somewhere between Sacramento and San Francisco. And it's an honor and a pleasure to interview Roxana Hosefel. She is the Legislative District 8 uh, candidate for the Arizona State Senate. And the general election is on November 8th. But she has moved past the primary because she has no primary opponent. And so I'm just want to congratulate Roxana. So how are you doing, Roxana? I'm good, Rick. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. How, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. And one of the questions I want to ask before we get started is I want to mm-hmm. you to, to, to let people know, how do we know each other? Uh, well, we went to high school together in Tampa, Florida, where we're where we're from, and uh, went to high school. We're friends, and uh, been in staying in touch our whole lives, pretty much. That's right. That's right. And just to give people a little background, because I'm I'm trying to set something up that I think will be in your favor big time, because I've known you since I was 16 years old, and right now I'm a little older okay. than 40. <laughs> same here (laughs) exactly so I want to let people know that I know you and please describe what our city was like in terms of its makeup uh, you know the the demographics who you had as friends all throughout your your K through 12 experience well uh, Tampa is a very uh, diverse area uh it's it's uh, got many ethnicities you know blacks uh, latinos europeans christians religion no religion um and so uh it's a melting pot of 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 cultures uh so i grew up with all kinds of different friends with different backgrounds um i think that's what makes me pretty well-rounded when it comes to wanting to represent everybody in my district, not just a few. Absolutely. And I will go a little further than that since you and I, we participated in the uh, athletic uh, events during halftime and, and lots of shows. You were the head dancerette at the high school and I was in the band. So we saw each other and we, and some of our friends were the same. Because we also went to business school, different modules, but we we, uh, we went to business school together and we uh, participated in a lot of athletic, um, you know, performances for halftime and, and before halftime and after the game. So I want to let people know that I have known you ever since, like they say, way back then. And you have been the same person uh, since we were in high school at, at, at 16, in terms of your your openness to be friendly with everyone, you had friends from dip, all different types of, of, of groups because I saw you. Yeah, 
I did. I had all kinds of friends. You, you was one of them. But uh, yeah, I had lots of friends. You know, I was a dancerette, like you said. You were in the band, and um, you know, back then it was a a different time, a simpler time, and everybody was was friends with everybody, and exactly. everybody liked everybody, and everybody, uh, you know, got along with everybody. Yeah. In fact, you lived about about two to three miles from where I lived. <laughs> Because I know yeah. I know the neighborhood that you lived in, and uh, you and mm-hmm. you lived about two to three miles a little uh, north north of where I live. So I just want to let people know that that I know you, you know me, and so I, I think that's going to go do well for you because you are definitely a person who is open to many different groups. Because in in fact, you are part of many different groups. That is true. All right. Uh, that is true. Being, 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 uh, being Cuban and Puerto Rican, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of different uh, stuff running through me. <laughs> That's right. And your parents are from New York City. My parents are from New York City, from the Bronx, and uh, my dad was in the Air Force and traveled around, and and I was uh, born in Tampa, but. Uh, my background is is uh, Spanish, Puerto Rican, and Cuban, and with that comes uh, you know everything: Taino, Indian, and and uh, Native American. Uh, just all a mishmash of, of all kinds of stuff that's coursing through my veins. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, Roxana, please tell our listening audience about your journey that led you to run for the Arizona State Senate. Well, it's pretty much uh, just life, uh, life lessons, life uh, experiences. You know, I was a, a legal secretary in high school, and um, because I went to the, you know the same school you went to, a vocational technical institute, and I became a legal secretary. And uh, I, I from there, I wanted to branch out on different things that that wasn't exciting for me. I did many things. I worked with uh, rescuing wildlife. I uh, worked as a production coordinator at a, a number one radio station. I worked at a. Um, I worked at so many things. Accounting. Uh, became a police officer with the city of Tampa Police Department, and became a certified FTO field training officer with the city. I've been a business owner. I've been a real estate professional, a hypnotherapist. Uh, I was an instructor for CPR and first aid response. Um, a dive master. My hus- my husband and I had a, a dive uh, business. So I've been a small business owner. I've been I've worked for corporate America. I've uh, been a boss. I've had bosses. I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a, I'm a freedom-loving American that all these things I've done, I've worn many, many, many hats, have led me to want to serve in the political atmosphere out here right now to remind everybody how wonderful this country is and uh, the freedoms that we have that we can't take for granted. Exactly. Now, one thing I want to go back to, because this this one I missed. Uh, knowing you in high school, I missed this one. I'm not sure 
uh, where where this came from, but when did you get connected with wildlife? That one that one's a shocker. Everything else I can kind of go with go with. I can kind of see you doing, but when did the the wildlife part kick in? I've always liked animals. I've always liked uh, snakes and, and 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 gators and possums and skunks. And I don't know. I've always been an animal person. I currently have three dogs and a cat and a tortoise. Um, <laughs> so I think just being growing up and being in Florida and seeing all the wildlife that's in Florida. I mean, literally crossing the road as you're driving down the street. I just was always attracted to that, and I, I don't remember now how, how I came across, uh, probably just speaking to somebody, because I've never met a stranger. I talked to everybody and got, in, got interested and involved in a wildlife rehabilitation center down there in Tampa, and I started helping out with calls that would come in, you know, a possum was stuck in a garbage can or, or skunks or things like that and we would rescue animals that were maybe being abused but more on the exotic end uh so we had stumptail macaques and we had a cougar uh about eight nine month old cougar that i i took care of for for several months um and so that, that's that's how i got involved with with wildlife just migrated into that because i've always been an animal dog lover if i saw a dog on the street i had to bring it home and my mother just like me in that respect we would keep it and then we would find a home for it and so it's just something ingrained in my blood that's amazing because I, I didn't see that coming i didn't see that part um you know being in high school with you and the second one i want to bring up is that i recall about maybe let's say x number of years ago we were talking and you said i was a member of the tampa police department now i can i i know that you're very um you're very organized and you're very outgoing tell us how the tampa police department and and working as a police officer uh came into your life and you accepted that because that one threw me or threw me back please, please tell our audience how that came about well, I think I just, uh, I, I had a lot of police officer friends. In fact, I think I was working at the radio station. Someday I'll tell you how I got the job at the radio station. Um, but I think I, while working at the radio station, I had, I had friends that were on the police department and I just, I always wanted, I always liked helping people, you know, helping animals, helping people and always had a sense of common sense and a, a sense of, wanting to do something more and and make a difference and uh, so I applied applied for the police department and um, I was at a crossroads actually of leaving Florida and uh, moving to San Antonio where my brother was and uh, was really thinking about changing my roots and, and moving to, to, to San Antonio when the call came in. I think I was back to living with my mother at the time, and she got a call that I had been accepted on the police department. And then I, I had to make that decision. Do I stay in Texas or do I go back to Florida? But that's really what I wanted to do. And so I drove back to Florida and, and uh, got on the police department. That's amazing because I, when you told me that, like I said, long time ago, I said from Dancerette, 
to doing radio, to, to doing some like some other professional uh, duties you had, and now Roxana is a police officer in the same city that we grew up, and actually patrolling the same area that we lived in. And that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's pretty awesome. You know, that was yeah, it, it's it, it's pretty wild. I mean, I you know, and it's funny because too, when I was on the police department, people knew my background in wildlife and often you'll get a call into the police department that there's a snake or a, a, a gator or something uh, and they don't know the call like let's say the, the fish and game department and I'd, I'd have dispatch come on is uh, officer Reyes on duty there's a call at the, for uh, pygmy rattlesnakes under a you know, and, I, and I'd, I'd, get, I'd go get a call and, and I'd go and stand by until fish and game came out but you know that way at least someone was on scene to to catch something. I think one time there was a, like about a four foot gator that I went out and wrangled until fish and came, fish and game got there. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was also strange, you know, patrolling your neighborhood. There, there was a couple of unfortunate times when I actually took a couple of folks I went to high school with to jail. So <laughs> it yeah. was, uh, it was a little eye opening. Yep. Yep. It was a little yep. eye opening. Yep. Yep. So Roxana, you have a pretty sizable district. Uh, please explain in, in, in short detail the borders of Legislative District 8. Well, 8 encompasses about seven old districts before I redistricting. And so, again, if you're not really familiar with Arizona, but I'm, I'm hoping most folks that are listening are, um, Highway 60 or the Superstition Freeway is the southern border of my district. So it goes from the Highway 60 north to about Indian School road uh, a little bit of chaparral but mostly indian school road is the border it goes west uh some parts as far west as 32nd street which is in phoenix and goes east to the most northwest tip of uh, mesa which is around the 202 and the and the 101 where it kind of meets up there so it's a, a sizable district so it encompasses tempe south scottsdale uh, so Mesa and Phoenix. Excellent. Yeah, that, that is huge. And I was out there um, visiting you with my wife, and uh, that's, a, that's a huge area. That's definitely a huge area. Yeah, it is. So mm-hmm. my, my uh, next uh, sort of question and, and statement, statement first is that, that District 8, Legislative District 8, is slightly favored as a Democrat district. Uh, it might be even like more than slightly favored. How do you feel about competing mm-hmm. in Legislative District 8 as a Republican? And what are your plans to position yourself as a candidate for all Legislative District 8 voters? Well, Rick, as you know, uh, growing up in Tampa, going to the same school as you, I've, I've had friends of all ethnicities, religions, everything, as you know. Uh, I've been around poor people, middle class people, wealthy people. What I've discovered now, though, after raising two boys, being married, running businesses, tons of different jobs I've had in the past, I think people are more alike than we are different. And what I mean by that is, you know, over the years I've learned that most people do want to work. They want to earn pay. They want to raise families. Uh, They want to see their children do well. Uh, everyone likes to share time with friends and, and weekends. Uh, 
you know, people are just living their lives. So in my train of thought, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, there's there's no fence posts that read, you know, keep out Democrats or keep out independents. Uh, it's not a life just like for Republicans. It's it's for everybody. And that's just the way I look at it. So like the other day, you know, I'm door knocking, right? I'm walking around. I'm trying to meet people. I'm trying to, to distribute my flyers. And as I'm driving down the road, I, I'm, I'm about to turn the corner, but up ahead, I can see a bunch of, of smoke. So I, I kept going to check it out, and it's a, a brush fire on the side of the road, but it backs up to a residential house, a res, you know, a person's home. And their tree from their yard is overlapping the wall, hanging down, and the flames from outside this wall are just about to get up there and hit that tree. Well, it's dry out here. Was, I don't know what it was, 104 that day. Um, so I, I jumped out and, and I started throwing water bottles. I called 911 and and was able to um, get the attention of the homeowner. And they threw over their, their hose. And I was actively putting out the, uh, the fire with the uh, hose and trying to keep the fire low so it wouldn't hit, again, their tree. And uh, the fire department came up. Within minutes, the fire department was there. And um, they took the water hose and they continued to uh, to take care of it. And, um, it, you know, it, it didn't matter to me who the homeowner was. You know, I, I'm not caring if the homeowner is a Democrat or independent or Republican. I just, I saw fire in my area and my instincts just kick in to, to help and, and you know, that's, that's kind of what happened. In fact, the fire department says, hey, you want a job? <laughs> so it was just pretty cute. But, uh, but you know, it just, it just, it just was just something that just kicked in. I, you know, people drove by, but I just, I saw it, and I knew it had to be put out, and I just did what I could do to put it out. Excellent, and that's how I know you to be—that to a person that, that would just jump out and and step forward and uh, help people any way you can. That's the Roxana that I that I remember from from high school, and that's the Roxana that you are today. So, I could tell anyone that if that situation or something like that ever happened again, you you would be the first person that would. Uh, step up to the plate so so thank you for helping out that homeowner now did you leave that person a flyer i did <laughs> they came awesome. out they had a tiny little baby she was holding her tiny little baby and i i gave her i gave her a flyer <laughs> excellent excellent now roxana you know i mean you and i both know because we talk on a regular basis and we've been talking mm -hmm. at least for 15 years on a regular basis, almost 20. The political winds are trying to build speed, uh, trying to gain momentum to make Arizona like California. And I'm letting people know who are listening to this episode, this interview today with Roxana, if you live in Arizona in that District 8 or any place in Arizona, you don't want your your Phoenix metro area, your Tempe area, your Scottsdale, Mesa, to ever become like California because it's a complete mess. So Roxana, how will you handle this push 
to fundamentally transform Arizona into a California? Well, Rick, you know, what we know about the push to make Arizona into California is a scheme that fails badly. So regardless of political affiliation here in Arizona, people don't want major homelessness like California or out-of-control taxes like California. Um, Great cities like Arizona, uh, in Tempe, Scottsdale Mesa, you know, looking like San Francisco and Los Angeles, it just can't happen. It just can't happen. So I would ask the people that live in District 8, really all Arizonans, but, but LD8 is who I'm representing right now, do they want their future to be full of opportunities, opportunities to try and fail or try and succeed? Um, do they want to worry about losing their jobs every other month of a government overreaching vaccine mandate where there's no choice in the matter? And mark my word, there's going to be another COVID-like pandemic that the left is going to try and push their way through, close essential businesses, what they deem essential, uh, and push these, these mandates, these vaccine and, and uh, mask mandates. Um, do the do Arizonans want their children learning to read and write and have arithmetic, you know, basics like you and I learned growing up in Tampa? Or do they want their kids to be confused with gender orientation, uh, you know, six years of age or older? Uh, they shouldn't be subject to these things. Period. Exactly. So I am pleading with Arizonans. I don't care what your political affiliation is. Like Roxana said, you know, if you want your, your, your area to be full of opportunities, if you want to work, you, you don't want to be concerned about losing your jobs or uh, who wants to force you to take a vaccine uh, in order so you can pay your, your $2,000 a month rent or mortgage and, and have your 401k <clears throat> all messed up. I'm pleading with Arizonans, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait that you might hear about how things could be so great and it could just be like California because you don't want it. So, so Roxana, we are the same age. We have a very similar experience growing up in a big city like Tampa. Tampa is a huge metro area, almost like Phoenix. How do, how do we get to this point? Well, let me ask this question again. How did we get to this point in 2020 and 2022 where the trend, albeit small in Arizona, seems to be people are willing to give up their freedoms, their God-given freedoms uh, guaranteed to them under the U.S. Constitution for an alternative, much, much less than what they have right now, what they had you know, years ago, and, a, or an, an, all, and an alternative that is more controlling than we have seen in our lifetimes. Wow. Um, I think we've just been complacent. I think most people are just working hard and paying their taxes. A lot of people don't follow politics. They don't follow the political realm of what's going on. And slowly you have a progressive side of the Democrats. And you can't even say it's just progressives anymore. If you've got the, the White House administration, the Biden administration openly pushing 
to change Title IX and transgender policies. That's not a far-left progressive thought anymore. If you've got the Biden administration, Democrats, he's supposed to be a moderate, pushing this stuff. And so I think for a long time, maybe people didn't think something like this would ever happen to us. We would never really lose our freedoms. We would never lose our Second Amendment rights, our First Amendment rights. We just go to work every day. But then you have media pushing a narrative. You have the left pushing a narrative. And before you know it, then you get a pandemic. Well, let me back up. You had President Trump and the policies, the things that that he did, that he said he would do and he delivered on, you never heard anything positive from the media ever give this man any credit to the, the wonderful things he did do for this country and instead push a negative narrative. So when you push the negative narrative, you're giving a voice to that negative thought. You're giving validation that it must be something wrong with everybody else. And so that noise on the left gets louder and louder and louder and you drown out the other side, the side that's working and paying taxes and trying to take care of their families. So slowly we've given away these these rights because we they just kind of snuck up on so many people now not me not people like you and a lot of people like you know all these these america first patriots that are out there but the squeaky wheel gets the grease and the democrat party has been the squeaky the squeaky wheel and as soon as you start to oppose anything they say, well, then they sling the whole racism thing or bigotry or you're homophobic or transphobic or agoraphobic, whatever you want to call it, phobic. And we get quiet. We don't want to say anything. We don't, we apologize. Well, if you're apologizing, you're losing. If you're always explaining yourself, you're losing. And so that's what we have to stop doing because now, what we have seen, especially during this pandemic, and I'm using my air quotes here that you can't see, is you saw what was being taught in schools. Parents, for the first time, were seeing what was being taught to their children regarding critical race theory, regarding all the sexual gender uh, ideology in schools. Where's the reading, writing, and arithmetic? And so now you had people up in arms, and when they have a right to protest this, these parents... They get arrested and put in put in jail for for sticking up for their children. So I think we're at a turning point because we did this is the one thing that this pandemic did was show us what was actually going on in our schools. And it's given voice to a lot of people like me who who I've always wanted to do something and help people. I like helping people, but I'm seeing my country, my state slowly moving to a Marxist state. There's no other way to put it. And I don't like it. And a lot of people don't like it. And they don't like career politicians. I've been a politician for six months. (laughs) And they want someone new. They want someone who's going to represent and listen to the people and fight for our values back, fight for our children, fight for our freedoms, fight for our constitution. 
no more nonsense. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I really laugh at the part. I'm, I will tell your listeners this, or, or list, people listening to this episode. If anyone ever tries to call you racist, I'm going to laugh at them. Because I know, I know our friends. I know you. I know the people that we both hung out with. Uh, I mean, we had friends across every ethnicity. And like you said, Tampa is uh, Tampa is well is more diverse than than the Phoenix metro area. I'll just tell people that right now. Uh, I mean, it's just more diverse than than Phoenix. So uh, here's one of my last questions. Um, as you know, and, and and some people may not know this, Arizona is within two uh, Senate seats from flipping to be a government like California, and you don't want that. Um, so which demographic groups do you feel are most vulnerable to losing their freedoms if Arizona becomes a Democrat-controlled legislative body? Which demographic? I would say, Rick, everybody. Small business owners, parents, grandparents uh, with children, gun owners, property owners, people who want law and order. Um, citizens are beginning to experience these unacceptable, uh, unacceptable situations that are happening, like in California and Chicago and Portland and all, all these places. Uh, there is no one demographic. It affects all of us. All of us. Exactly. So what are some of the items you would like to, to work on or support uh, if elected to the Arizona State Senate? Well, the Senate, the, the Senate uh, is something that I feel would serve me because I can be that voice. And what I mean by that is that we all have to work together in this legislative body. I want to see that border wall finished. I want to see immigration legal. No illegal immigration. I'd like to see the border closed for a time being so we can get a handle on what and who we have led into this country. I want strong law enforcement. I want funding for our police officers, not defunding. We have to have more funding, more police officers, and you know, patrolling our streets, making our, our, our communities safe. I want to see small businesses thrive. Never again uh, someone, someone in bureaucracy, bureaucracy choosing what is essential? Who is essential? Every business is essential. They have to put food on their table and feed their family. No business should be closed. No vaccine mandates, mask mandates should be imposed on small businesses. I don't want to see indoctrination in our schools. I don't want to see selective emotional learning. I don't want to see critical race theory. I don't want to see any of that in our schools. It's no place in our schools. It's bad enough it's in our colleges. And it used to be that that's all that's all it was. And now it's in it's in preschool. It's in kindergarten. That has to stop. These kids have to come out with 
a sense of pride for the country they're in, standing for their flag, uh, and and become become citizens of this great country that want to work and respect each other. So there, there's a lot to do in this legislative body. And what I really want to make sure people know is that I would be working for everybody. I'm not talking just Republicans, independents, but Democrats, non-affiliated, any, I'm not seeing a party. I am seeing the residents of LD8 of Arizona who want to work hard, who want to go visit these beautiful parks and creeks and the mountains, which they can't do right now because of these ridiculously high gas prices that I want to see come down. All this inflation is 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 affecting Arizonans. So I'm not seeing a particular demographic in that sense. I'm seeing we're all subject to wanting to have freedom, liberty, health, happiness, good jobs, um, all, all of that. This, the American values, the, the right to, to life and liberty is what exactly. I want to represent for everybody here. Exactly. And on that note about uh, the education system in college, I actually went to Cal Berkeley before I had before I transferred to uh, to another school for personal reasons. But I will tell your listeners, as a military veteran and a person who was serving in the California National Guard, I was able to wear my military uniform on the Cal Berkeley ca- campus. That's right, right off of University Avenue uh, and. Um, and, and Telegraph, which is like where, the, where, the, where the, the gates of UC Berkeley exist, I was able to wear my uniform on campus and never was protested, never was heckled. So something happened uh, right after uh, around 1991, 92. That's when I believe the, the pressure or the, or the switch was turned, at least on the college campuses, because I didn't see that as a, I saw like protesting mm-hmm. war type stuff. But I didn't see the kind of stuff that we're seeing now on college campuses up until 1992, 93. Didn't see it. And I was there every day. Mm. Lived in the city of Berkeley. Yeah. Didn't see it. So um, you, so you're right. Wow. You're, you're definitely right. So how can people support Roxana for Arizona State Senate? Well, I see my role in carrying out the messages uh, that, that LD8 voters tell me. Uh, I'm not anybody special. All the voters here have a message. Their message is to change what's going on. I'll be their messenger in making that change. But what I really need to is they can come to my website. They can subscribe for updates by uh, putting in their email address. My strategy would be to communicate often to the voters and build a database of, of people that I can trust. I do need donations. I need them for my, my signs, my print material, and businesses and restaurants and, and coffee shops alike. Uh, I would love them. Maybe they could you know, host a, a campaign event for me because I like to meet people. I love meeting with people. I want to hear what what's important to people. I need door knockers, people to distribute flyers. 
uh, put up my uh, yard signs in their yards. I would love that. Anything they can do to to help help support me for them. And what's your website? Um, My website is Roxana, R-O-X-A-N-A, for F-O-R, Arizona. So it's Roxana for Arizona, all spelled out, dot com. Excellent. Well, Roxana, I want to I want to let you know and the listeners know if your history and I've known you since I was 16. If your history is any indication of your future, you will do well as the next Arizona state senator. And uh, do you have any closing comments uh, before we go? Well, I just want to thank you again also for being my friend and uh, for having me on your on your show. I appreciate it very much, giving me a, a chance to, to talk to the voters. Again, I'm out here to be the messenger. They're the message. The message is we have to get back to some some normalcy. We have to get back to living life, working hard, not taking things for granted, caring about people, caring about children, life, our liberties. And I want to help uh, do that in any capacity, any way I can. That's what I'm here for. All righty. Well, Real People USA podcast listeners, you have heard from Roxana uh, Hosatful. Her website is Roxana for Arizona.com. That's R-O-X-A-N-A-F-O-R Arizona, A-R-I-Z-O-N-A and .com. And then Roxana, I want to thank you for being a guest. And again, it was it's it's been a, a treat to see you uh, go from being a 16 year old head dancerette in Tampa to doing all the things <laughs> that you did. And now you're you're running for the Arizona State uh, Senate. So it's been a, a, a treat and an honor to see you make it to this point. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. All right. Take care. Goodbye.